Coming up on Studios America, what's going on with Biden's disturbing situation along the border? I'll speak to a reporter who was just there. The governor of Florida reopens the state for business with some surprising northeastern states to follow suit. And are you tired of non-racist things being labeled racist yet? I'm definitely not, which is code for please kill me now. I'm not shooting high tonight. Let's just do an okay episode. Stu does America. Now look, I don't want you to get too excited today. I'm a little worried about that. You know, you see the title, Stu does an okay episode. And you mean... Wow, you're saying it's actually not going to suck tonight? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying you're getting unforeseen value out of your Blaze TV subscription. I am not saying that. Unfortunately, no, this episode is still going to suck. But it's about the OK symbol, a.k.a. the hidden white supremacism in your fingers with your in a circle with, I don't know, with the thing that you see on the screen there. A guy went on Jeopardy a few times. His name is Kelly Donahue, and he appeared on three nights in a row, Friday, April 23rd, Monday, April 26th, and Tuesday, April 27th. And, you know, when you're on for three nights in a row, I mean, things are going pretty well, right? He won a few times. He brought in $79,000. But the problem is he was an undercover white supremacist. Ah, so many white supremacist Jeopardy contestants. I mean, can they find anyone who is just even like just kind of okay? with an African-American. No, they cannot. There's a letter out there now posted on Medium, and the media is all over it. Winthrop Mann denies making racist hand gesture on Jeopardy after 500-plus former contestants sign open letter. Who signs an open letter? Do you have anything to do with your time? Never sign an open letter, even if it's for good things. So what did this contestant do wrong? Well, a couple of things. Number one, on Monday, April 26th, Kelly responded to a clue with a term for the Roma that is considered a slur. What does that mean? Fold your ears because the term gypsy is about to be spoken. Mm -hmm. Gypsy, apparently not okay to use anymore. Now, I don't know that anything really about gypsies because besides if you live in a like Wes Anderson movie, the only reason you could ever think of to use the term gypsy would be is if you were correctly answering a question on Jeopardy about gypsies. And guess what? That's exactly what was happening. I mean, the guy actually got the question right. Even the people complaining about him admitted that. Yes, it may be an innocent or ignorant reply. And yes, it was technically correct. <laughs> You're just throwing that out there. And yes, it was technically correct. Being correct in a trivia game is not a technical detail. It's literally the purpose of the game. But the big crime came later. He flashed the OK symbol. I mean, sort of. Let's watch it happen on camera, everybody. Watch closely. Oh, there it is. Oh, my gosh. Look at him in slow motion like the Zapruder film. Look at this. Oh, there we go. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. There it is, the OK sign, just proving he is a racist, just like Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, uh, Mark Anthony. Uh, yeah, you know, that guy is obviously. Oh, and the biggest white supremacist of all, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the OK symbol has been around forever. So what is the problem if he flashed the OK symbol from the complaint letter? This, whether intentional or not, resembled very closely a gesture that has been co-opted by white power groups 
alt-right groups and an anti-government group that calls itself the Three Percenters. Now, if you swim in constantly online Twitter circles, perhaps you would remember a few controversies like this in the past. You know, like when we confirmed the racism of Paul McCartney. That was a big moment in our show's history. And Mr. T. That's not as big a moment. I mean, you kind of passed a little bit. But when Jamie Foxx, we unveiled him as a white supremacist, people really started talking. But it sure doesn't sound like Kelly Donahue had any idea what he was walking into. He wrote on Facebook, I'm truly horrified with what has been posted about me on social media. I absolutely unequivocally condemn white supremacy and racism of any kind. People who know me personally know that I am not a racist. But for the public at large, it bears repeating, I am not a racist. (laughs) And I reject and condemn white supremacy and all forms of bigotry for evil that they are. It's shameful for me to think that anyone would try to use the stage of Jeopardy to advance or promote such a disgusting agenda. During the taping of my fourth episode, I was simply raising three fingers to mark my third win. There was nothing more I was trying to indicate. I deeply regret this terrible misunderstanding. I never meant to hurt a soul, and I assure you I am no friend of racists or white supremacists. Okay, okay, okay. Sure, this sounds like an innocent misunderstanding involving one regular guy and a bunch of completely insane people who see racism around every corner. But how can we believe Kelly Donahue about his flashing the number three excuse? Sounds like something a racist would say. Like if he was really flashing a three after his third win, why wasn't he flashing a one and a two after his previous wins, huh? Well, actually, uh, he was. There he is, signaling one after his first win, two after his second, and three after his third. Also, he looks like a sketch from a Saturday Night Live rerun where he should definitely be portrayed by Horatio Sands. I mean, they're basically, they look like the exact same person. Or if they got really desperate, they could always get the host of Chewing the Fat. Uh, And I gotta say, there's some resemblance there. (laughs) Put those side by side, baby. Of course, there is a little detail about the racist okay symbol. That little detail, you know, it's of course that it's actually not a racist symbol. It's a minor detail, if you care about that sort of thing. It was literally started as a joke to troll the media. I am not kidding you, if you don't know this story, here's one of the targets of the joke, unironically, honestly, somehow, writing about the joke from the New York Times, quote, it started in early 2017 as a hoax Some users on 4chan, an anonymous and unrestricted online message board, began what they called Operation OKKK to see if they could trick the wider world and especially liberals and the mainstream media into believing that the innocuous gesture was actually a clandestine symbol of white power. Quote, we must flood Twitter and other social media websites with spam claiming that the OK hand signal is a symbol of white supremacy. One of the users posted, going on to suggest that everyone involved create fake social media accounts with basic white girl names to propagate the notion as widely as possible. Then all the media, you know, actually fell for it. And now the media actually claims it is actually racist. That's the world you live in. You have handed the 4chan trolls one of the greatest of all time wins for them. This side of QAnon, of course. You might think that, of course, we're considering talking about a very widely used hand gesture and an obvious and provable bit of exonerating evidence is included. 
You think that would be enough to satisfy the mob, but you would be wrong. In reaction to the explanation, the woke group of contestants wrote, quote, regardless of his stated intent, the gesture is a racist dog whistle. Regardless of his stated intent. You can't yada yada intent. It's the whole story. We have developed the standard where intent doesn't matter. You see this used by the left over and over and over again. It's about how the person who hears the words feels. Not the intent of the speaker who is getting their life destroyed. That doesn't matter. I'd like to suggest an itty bitty addendum to our new rule. Intent is the only thing that matters. The N word means something very different coming from a Klansman's mouth than it does from MLK's letter from a Birmingham jail. As John McCorder po uh, po points out in his recent Substack, they understand the difference, but see some larger value in pretending that it doesn't exist. That explains the foundation of about 90% of our cultural debates today. Intent does matter. It's the only thing that matters. And you better be sure before you start running around and destroying an innocent person's life for absolutely no reason. Of course, I will say, this protection does not apply to known racist Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. As we all know, Barry, clearly a hardcore white supremacist. Trying to buy or sell a home these days? It, well, selling it can be pretty easy uh, these days, but that's the point. When you have a, a market that's raging like this, if you're on the buying side, you better have a good agent to make sure you get the best price possible. If you're on the selling side, you better have a good agent to get you the best price possible. Uh, it's really important to take advantage of this sort of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity if you're selling a house. We haven't seen home prices rise like this in a long time. So you better have somebody who's on your side playing for your side of the, of the transaction and making sure that you can push this down the line and make as much money as possible. Someone who knows what are the right things to fix. I was uh, uh, selling a property one time and I was like, gonna do this big repainting job inside. And because it was, you know, some of the mall, walls were marked up and, and the agent said to me, hey, don't do any of that. Whoever's moving in is gonna wanna paint the house their own color anyway. Why are you gonna waste all that money? Just put it out there. And, uh, and, and sell it as is. And it wound up working out great. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Get more information for the best agent in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Do it now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Happy to welcome to the program Chrissy Clark. She's a reporter for The Daily Wire and recently published a brand new piece on the southern border situation. You can check it out now at The Daily Wire's YouTube channel. Let me give you a quick look. A full-blown humanitarian crisis is unfolding on the southern border. Biden and the Democrats want America to believe that there is nothing dangerous about hundreds of thousands of people pouring across our borders. No verification, no ID. We're a nation says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Since then, we've seen what Border Patrol agents have described as the most chaotic months they've ever experienced, bringing the system, and many of them personally, to the breaking point. Do you believe that right now there's a crisis at the border? I think that the, uh, uh, the answer is no. This is... Um, um, a challenge. There's no question that this is a challenging situation. The current challenges we're having at the border. It is a stressful challenge. No question a difficult challenge. It's a challenge. No question a challenging issue. I'm very intrigued at how this challenge is going right now. Chrissy, welcome to the program. 
Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. You know, it's interesting. I, I remember a moment like a couple of months ago where it felt like the media was actually asking questions about the border. Like it was like a one week period in which they seemed to actually care about this. Uh, if I'm judging by just the media coverage, though, I feel like this thing has totally resolved itself. What is the actual truth? Well, it's not resolved at all. If you go to the border and you're among the people that have actually been there, it's incredibly sad to see what's going on, especially for the Border Patrol agents that live it day to day. You know, it's one thing to go down to the border and be a reporter that goes there for two, three, four days. It's a completely other thing for your entire life to be focused around this immigration process and all the challenges that go with it. Um, and, and to be a migrant that comes across this. What I learned from the trip, if anything, my one takeaway was that in border cities, the border wall is completely not controversial. It's it's not a political debate. It's a safety debate about how we're best going to take care of Border Patrol agents and how we're best going to take care of migrants. If you don't want to see a 12-year-old kid run across the border with a bag full of drugs, then you should want to finish, finish the border wall because that won't happen when there are safeguards to that problem. Yeah, it's it, that is an interesting part of this and in that it becomes almost more controversial thousands of miles away from the border. The closer you get to the border, there's sort of a consensus that, you know, this is our land, this is our property, this is our country. We need to be, protect the border. That's not that you don't want anyone coming in. We want people to come in, but we want them to come in the right way, the legal way. Yeah, I actually don't think a lot of people know this. Um, it's not something maybe most politicians don't even know this. But, you know, there's the border that you have, right, you know, that you see that wall. But before the border, it's not Mexico on the other side. It's actually private land owned by, you know, United States citizens. And it's currently littered, as you can see in my video, with garbage, with uh, baby diapers, with Pedialyte, with children's clothes. It's just it's really sad to see. But that's also your fellow American who has their property. Uh, you know, they have to spend their money, their time, their efforts cleaning up on behalf of an administration who has failing policies. Like, why does that fall all on them? It's kind of sad to see. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's totally unfair to these American citizens. Um, so walk me through what is happening with the Biden administration, because, you know, they came in with these big promises of they were going to be nice to, to immigrants and, and Donald Trump was a mean guy. That was basically their border platform. And they came in and switched a bunch of these policies around and it immediately caused them, the administration that was incoming, really massive problems. Do we have any understanding as to why uh, they did this? Were they just so ideologically committed to it they didn't care about the ramifications? Kind of. Most of it is the interpretation of the immigrants. So when you're looking at what, what we hear as American citizens is we heard that Biden was putting a deep or a moratorium on deportation. So mm. for the first 100 days, migrants weren't going to be deported. But that did on the 101st day, we wouldn't start going through the asylum claims and start deporting people. Migrants heard it completely differently. They heard, if I come to the United States in 100 days, I won't be deported. So we have had a huge increase of people coming because they genuinely believe they're not going to be deported. And so far, they haven't because we haven't started going through a lot of those asylum processes. Um, so yeah, they, they, that's what they believe. And so they just keep coming in droves and droves because they don't know any different. And you can't convince them otherwise because that's exactly what's happening. So that's where we stand right now. And what Border Patrol agents have told me is that they just want to be able to deport people. They would be way less backed up. These 
migrant detention facilities wouldn't be in such chaos if it weren't for the processes that don't allow us to deport criminals or people that don't have legitimate claims for asylum. And it's it's kind of a safety problem, not only for the migrants, but also for the agents that have to be there around all these COVID-ridden migrants. It's it's scary and it's unsafe. Yeah, the COVID is, part of this is a really interesting part of it in that we are sitting here in the middle of a mass vaccination campaign. We're trying to get to herd immunity. We're doing all those things. Mexico is barely doing anything. And the countries further south, I mean, Brazil is a complete catastrophe. Uh, we are, this is a safety issue. This is not just, do we think that illegal immigrants might come here and change this, this situation for American employers and employees? This is a much, it's bigger than crime. That We are in the middle of a pandemic that has shut down our country for a year, it seems reasonable that you wouldn't want to take in thousands and thousands of migrants who are testing 10 and 20 percent positive for COVID. Do they have, I mean, what is it, what do the border agents think about all this? Well, I just find it incredibly funny that you and I were fully vaccinated. We can't walk through an apartment complex without a mask on, but we can stick 250 migrants in a pod that's made for 33 people without masks, without any testing. Mm. And it's completely fine. It's just it, the double standard is absolutely hilarious in terms of this. It's it's so funny. It's beyond belief um, for the Border Patrol agents. You know, they do have the testing um, and they try to have the bandwidth uh, to get you know tested and get the vaccine as much as possible. But right now it's tough because every day you're coming in contact with another person that has coronavirus at this point. I mean, they're just praying that they're immune. Um, right now, the administration does not have a full blown plan for Border Patrol agents to get vaccinated. They're trying to prioritize them. They're trying their best, but it's ultimately not not doing that well. I believe when I was at the border about a month ago, they told me that about 20 percent. Um, but that was something that a Border Patrol agent told me. Uh, so I'm not 100 percent positive on that one. They, they're just telling me right now they're just trying to get by. Mm. Uh, you were able to get down to the border and you talk to these agents, really paint a picture as to what the insides of these facilities look like. You mentioned 250 people in a 33 person pot that you're not just making that up. That's not an exaggeration. That's actually what you found down there. Can you give us more of the picture of the actual facilities? Because I found that to be completely amazing. Yeah, well, I'm actually not allowed in the facility. Any journalist, any reporter, anybody that isn't, um, you know, doesn't have clearance from the Biden administration, they're not getting in there, which is completely different from what's under the Trump administration. That's a massive shift in policy. Mm. And you have to wonder why. Um, in 2014, there was obviously the PR disaster of kids in cages um, that was you know, purported to be under the Trump administration, but was actually under the Biden or Obama Biden administration. And so what they've done is they've gotten rid of that facility and they've shifted the facility to have, um, you know, what you would have in your bathtub or in your shower, that screen protector um, before the actual shower curtain, kind of the, that protective mm. film layer. Try wiping that down. Think about that. Try wiping that down. That's going to take all day. It, you know, it's a flimsy piece of, <laughs> of <Right>. sheet. <laughs> and that's what's dividing these border camps right now, because the chain link fence is such a bad look. So they have these plastic sheets kind of dividing tents and try again, think about wiping that down. Think about cleaning that. That's so much more difficult. And it, it actually traps in everything because there's no open air. Whereas the cages look, yeah, it looks bad, but it was allowing migrants access to open air. And, you know, people think that it's so cruel and evil to be keeping these people separated. It's for their safety. If we didn't separate people, we would have 
33-year-old men in the same facility as six-year-old kids. And these aren't people that we just, we know who they are. We can't assume they're all great people. You know, like it's for the safety of a six-year-old. I don't understand why pushing this agenda of, oh, we're separating families. It's so terrible. It's like, you don't actually know if it's that family. And that kid is going to die just trying to do anything they can to get across the border. They're, they're following the lead of a parent. It's just the messaging on it is so whack. You go to these facilities and you're like, yeah, they're doing the absolute best they can. But also these facilities were doing better in 2014 than they are now. Hmm. I mean, and, and to, to the point we made earlier, I mean, like, separating them because of COVID is also a real concern. I mean, I, I, yeah. it really is amazing. Um, you mentioned uh, trying to turn them over to someone in America who's their family member. We keep hearing these rumors of uh, of this. Uh, they've been able to match up some of the younger people with parents or relatives here in the United States. But what kind of process can do they go through to try to confirm that this isn't just some rando who shows up and just says, ah, come, that kid's coming with me? Okay, so there's two things that I realize. First off, it's about $12,000 that you have to pay a cartel member to get you across the border. So if you don't have $12,000 just sitting around like a normal person, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have $12,000 sitting around. I can't imagine that many migrants do. If you don't have that money sitting around, you could actually for better lack of a word, pimp out your kid to cartels and they can cross back and forth and back and forth. Mm. And that's how you pay for your kid to come across. So kids are coming across, you know, Texas state rangers were telling me, they're like, yeah, these kids come across like multiple times. I've seen the same kid multiple <laughs> times. You see a, a white kid with red hair with a mom that looks nothing like him. It's mm. like, oh, does your dad have red hair? Oh, no. You know, these are not my parents. I'm just crossing back and forth as my ticket. It's it's terrifying. And so that's the first part of you don't know which which time the kid comes across who their real parent is. You have no idea. So I don't know how the Biden administration knows. Second, Border Patrol agents were telling me that they'll they'll line up migrants and they'll say, hey, like, you know, stand next to your kid or are you in a family setting? And then they'll say they'll read that out and they'll be like, hey, you know, just so you know, if you are lying, we're going to do DNA tests. And if you are lying about your kid, you will have to prosecute you. And then all of a sudden, magically, all these kids and, and adults get separated. They are willing. They're willing to lie to get into this country. And not to say that everybody isn't coming for a bad or a nefarious reason or that people don't really genuinely need help. But it's very tough when a system incentivizes this kind of behavior. All right. Uh, before I let you go, Chrissy, um, I've noticed the top book in your stack is from Ali Beth Stuckey, uh, Blaze Host. Yeah. Uh, first of all, great choice. Second of all, do you customize the top book for every interview that you do? I do not. Okay. I just do it based on size. So um, Ali's is the smallest book in terms of size, but it is definitely worth a read. I'm 24 years old and i really benefited from hearing that kind of advice for a young woman. Yeah, no, it's, it is really good. She, that's a great, it's a great read. Um, Chrissy Clark, it's also a great view to go check out Chrissy Clark's work for The Daily Wire. There's a new report up there. Make Thank sure you. to go to the YouTube channel and check it out. News piece on Biden's disastrous failing along the uh, southern border. Chrissy, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, back in a second. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for a great new week of shows. Remember, we can only do America together. Have you checked out my Instagram page yet? Make sure you do. 
We've got exclusive pics and photos, and the link in the bio will take you to every episode of the stupid little show to stream absolutely free. Or maybe you're not into free. Maybe you don't like that sort of thing. Maybe you want to buy one of our few remaining uh, Nancy Pelosi Sucks pens. Mm. They're available right now. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I got a whole coffee cup of them at home. I'm just going to send them to you. Just go to NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. And uh, th that's really only for people who think Nancy Pelosi sucks. So if that's not you, you don't want to go to Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. But if it happens to be you, if you happen to be one of the very few who knows about Nancy Pelosi sucking, go to Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. Okay, a few uh, stories uh, from the world of governor. We have uh, anyone else for governor. You might have a crappy governor. You might have a good governor. I don't know. I don't know who your governor is. But uh, if you want to get an anyone else for governor uh, mug or T-shirt, it's perfect if you happen to be in California right now, as uh, Gavin Newsom's about to be recalled. We'll get into that a little bit more this week. Uh, Ron DeSantis, however, not a crappy governor. He's doing a pretty good job in Florida right now. He has uh, signed a new bill banning vaccine passports and suspended local pandemic restrictions. Now, I kind of thought Florida was already all the way open. I feel like. We have this like contest going on with red state governors who are thinking maybe I want to be president in 2024. And they're all having this thing where they're just like, you know, DeSantis, we're opening up almost all businesses. And then Greg Abbott's like, well, we're going 100 percent open. And then DeSantis is like, we're going even more open than 100 percent. Soon we're going to be at a point where like red state governors are going to be like, if you have covid, you must go to nursing homes. Actually, that only happens in New York. That's a totally different thing. Um, he, this uh, is going to, it's got a lot of freedom elements to it. He's basically saying we're no longer in a state of emergency. We don't need any more restrictions. And he's overriding the local restrictions as well. I will say, uh, obviously generally agree with the, with the goals here. Uh, I, we are getting to a point where governors in states that are red, it's always been this way with blue states, but with our red are sort of getting to that point where they're overriding a lot of local rules. It can there can be some sketchy issues that go on with this type of thing. We typically as conservatives want power as local as possible. That being said, these are good changes and are getting people the rights to be able to go about their business. And it's hard to argue with that. Um, there's another bill that's out from Florida that will find social media platforms for banning politicians. Now, banning a politician from a social media platform seems like something that should kind of be illegal if we go if you go by the rules we already have, for example, if you are going to advertise on radio broadcast, um, you basically have to accept any political uh, ad. That's why every campaign cycle, there's always like some blatant racist that comes up with five hundred dollars for a radio ad. And they're just like, I don't like uh, whatever group. And they just blurt it out in the middle of the ad. And it's always really terrible. It happens because they can't really reject them. They have to play the ad. Um, and you kind of have with that standard set, the idea of banning a politician so that they can't talk to the people is a really weird standard. Now, I'm very much, a, you know, it's a private platform. I'm very much, uh, you know, I guess they could do it. Uh, and that's the way it is now. They've obviously banned Donald Trump and people are really upset about that. But banning the president of the United States, what good does that do? What good does that do? If you think he's exposing himself as some mega racist, wouldn't that be good to, to, for everyone to know? Would you rather have him hide it? I don't even understand what the theory is behind this. There is the itty bitty problem here of you know, whether this is actually going to be uh, held up as legal. Um, this you know, banning a, uh, uh, an entity from being able to uh, curate its own content I mean, that's not normally allowed from a gov uh, from a from a for a state perspective or really any government uh, perspective. Uh, there is a, a a slightly transparent part of the bill, too, which I don't know. 
just made me laugh. The bill contains a very Florida-specific exemption for, quote, any information service, system, internet search engine, or access software provider operated by a company that also owns and operates a theme park. Oh, what does that have to do with any... What would that... The only... <laughs> Disney just happens to be in Florida, and they don't want Disney to get pissed off at them. So they're like, we you will not ban any politicians. I mean, unless you have Mickey Mouse around. I mean, then it's okay to ban. If, I, will, I will say that if this goes through, you're just going to have, like, Twitter's just going to buy an amusement park somewhere and just get out of the rule. Uh, but, I mean, it's typical government. Now, I don't think Ron DeSantis was a uh, designer of that particular exemption, but it is kind of comical. In New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. Now, New York, New Jersey and Connecticut, known, if you're from this area, as the tri-state area, uh, they uh, have kind of worked together uh, in the COVID sort of era, mainly to kill old people. Um, but generally, they've been working together and making sure that they have conversations about all their law changes so they can kind of change them all at the same time. Which sort of makes sense because almost all of the deaths in New Jersey and Connecticut are basically New York's fault. Uh, so you can kind of see why they'd want to work together here. They are now going to open up, uh, uh, we're going to resume 24-hour subway service, and they are going to open up May 19th. Basically, again, this is a not 100% open, but this is mostly open. Like I know Broadway, they're not going to open yet. They've got a few different things, but they're, they're trying to get back to normal. I have some friends in New York, and they are preparing for a very wild summer uh, as people come. I mean, you think about this. If you're in a state like Texas or Florida, you're, you've been back to normal life basically for a long time. You know, I mean, there are exceptions to that. Certainly, you know, there's not many concerts out. The movies suck. They're still really, you know, just starting to release good movies. Uh, you know, there's not, it's not, there's not as many big gatherings. You see some masks on employees here and there, but generally speaking, it's been normal life here for six months. You know what I mean? People in New York, they don't have this. They, that's not their view of this. They've been inside basically uh, the entire time with the exception of a little bit of outdoor dining in the frigid temperatures during the winter. And then maybe they're going to, to parks where people yell at them for not having their mask on. Uh, so this has been total I mean, they've been basically imprisoned for a year. And then they're just going to come out of this on May 19th. God only knows what's going to happen. Uh, it's probably going to be a blast, honestly. Uh, it's probably going to be a lot of fun, but with a lot of annoying people. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's coming up very soon. And uh, speaking of the uh, Gov uh, Gavin Newsom recall, the only, actually the only other candidate I've heard of so far is Caitlyn Jenner. Now, I don't know if this doesn't mean, maybe they just haven't, we haven't got to the point of the news cycle where people are really announcing and going for this. Caitlyn Jenner seems to be dominating the opposition right now to Gavin Newsom. But uh, Caitlyn Jenner was asked a very, uh, a very, very personal question about whether it's okay for biological boys who decide that they're girls uh, to play in, in girls sports in high school and younger um, and he says, I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls sports. It's just not fair. And we have to protect girls sports in our schools. This is uh, causing an outrage. This blatant piece of obvious information is causing an outrage all around the country. Now, there's a couple things here. Uh, number one, everyone understands the difference, uh, but they see more value in, in admitting uh, the opposite. 
uh, and that is a theme throughout today's show. But it's very true with the Caitlyn Jenner uh, situation. They understand, everyone on the left understands that this is ridiculous. Uh, but this is the thing they're supposed to say because that's more valuable uh, to this particular cause. Uh, what's really odd about the Jenner situation in particular, though, you remember there was this thing where Jenner, you know, Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner on the Kardashians and obviously previous life to that and a very, as a very famous person. And he was kind of known as a Republican, but, you know, he was never really political. Uh, then he gets this Caitlyn Jenner sort of transition going in the media, and the media embraces him 100%. He gets, like, the, the sexiest woman alive or something, and one of the magazines gave him that. Uh, you know, uh, he got, or she got an SB award or whatever. Uh, the most brave athlete of the year. All They showered down the praise on Caitlyn Jenner over and over and over and over again. And now... You know, Caitlyn Jenner's running for governor as a Republican. So they need to, like, jam this thing in reverse on the highway. You know, they're going 55 one way. They need to jam it in reverse and to go back through the tunnel because this whole thing is no longer okay. Caitlyn Jenner's now evil. Now Caitlyn Jenner's the enemy. Caitlyn Jenner is terrible. So they're trying to piece this back together. It's very difficult to do. Are they going to reverse the ESPY? The, the are they going to take the SB? I think they might take the SB away. They might take the magazine cover away. They may take Bruce Jenner's gold medals away. Bruce Jenner could be, a, if Bruce Jenner was a man and then decided to be a woman and compete in the Women's Olympics, they'd give him the medals. But if he's a man, wins them against men, and then later on decides he's a Republican, then he loses them all. That's pretty much how this is going to go. We'll keep you up to date with any new breaking developments. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, uh, collected, aggregated by a third party into a permanent public record, your record. To keep my data private, uh, when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. With ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server, and my IP address is masked. And that's, this, you need these basic steps for security here. And ExpressVPN is not basic because they do it better than anybody. Every time you turn ExpressVPN on, you're given a random IP address shared by other uh, ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult to find uh, who you are to harvest your data. They can't do that. Uh, the best part of ExpressVPN, really easy to use if you're an idiot like me. You just turn the phone on, laptop, smart TV. You have one tap, uh, one button, and you're protected. And you can do whatever you need to do online. Secure yourself uh, with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash stew and get three extra months for free. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash stew. Expressvpn.com slash stew to learn more. Check it out now. Expressvpn.com slash stew. Are you going to be one of these folks now? We're no longer going to see the president of the United States outside with a mask on? Sure. What? Sure. I mean, but what I'm going to do, though, when, because right. the likelihood of my being able to be outside and people not come up to me hmm. is not very, very high. Uh, so what? it's like, look, you and I took our masks off when right. I came in yeah. because look at the distance we are. Please. But if we were, in fact, sitting there talking to one another close, I'd have my mask on and I met you'd have a mask, even though we've both been vaccinated. Hmm. And so it's, it's, it's a small 
precaution to take that has a profound impact. It's a patriotic responsibility, for God's sake. It's making sure that your wife, your children, your if you if in fact they haven't been vaccinated, making sure that they're not going to get sick. Oh, the messaging on this is just one of the greatest missed opportunities in American history. Hey, go get the vaccine because the good thing is you'll get a shot, maybe a sore arm, and nothing good will come of it. So get excited, America. It's just fascinating. Uh, Biden, by the way, also deporting people. You know, we've talked about AAPI hate, and that's wrong. Uh, You can't hate AAPI people. Um, however, it seems like uh, Joe Biden does. Uh, he is, t- is now deported uh, Tian Pham, 38-year-old, uh, fled violence in Vietnam as a child uh, and uh, w- came here er- early in life, about 13 years old, and wound up eventually getting into a fight. And uh, his parents worked long hours in a law- low-wage job to stay afloat and often were unaware of his struggles, which included drinking at a young age. In 2000, at age 17, Pham got in a fight with another youth he and a friend were accused of stabbing and injuring someone. That's just the way kids play. How many times have we talked about this? That's just how kids play. A little stabby here, a little stabby there, a little throat slit here. It's a Saturday for most kids, okay? The ch- childhood is all about sharp metal objects penetrating skin. That's all it is. That's all you do with your friends when you're a kid. That's, I think that's totally okay. Certainly not a reason for a police officer, officer to stop it from happening to someone. If, someone. if a kid wants to stab another kid, you just let him stab. They'll carve him up. You know, a little uh, Freddy Krueger action all over the place. Totally fine. Don't take action. And I don't understand why Biden, apparently because of this long-standing uh, old crime when he was a minor, is now being deported, this poor guy. Uh, but Biden, of course, hates all Asians. That's all you can really take from that particular story. Uh, Next generation of COVID-19 vaccines could be a pill or a spray, which would be nice. I mean, look, if you if you know, they're talking about the the vaccine, potentially uh, they're trying to figure out whether we're ever going to get to herd immunity. That's sort of the debate right now, whether enough people are going to want to take the vaccine. We ever get to that full immunity level. I don't know. I mean, look, it would be great. It would be great. I will tell you this really hard to get to herd immunity when you got an open border. The bottom line is you keep letting thousands of people cross the border who are testing 10 and 20 percent positive. You're never going to get to herd immunity anyway. So it's sort of a, you know, all you can do is try to minimize the harm to the American people. Do the best that you can to vaccinate uh, your population if they are uh, willing participants. Uh, You get that number up and I think they work pretty well. We've seen some real improvements. Um, You could see quite clearly in the data, the people uh, in age groups that have a higher percentage, percentage of vaccination have had much larger drops in deaths and in cases. That's a positive. We can all agree that, uh, you know, even if you don't want to take the vaccine, you can root for all the other idiots to take it. Bottom line is, hopefully we can get to a place where we don't have to deal with this vaccine often. They think eventually we may maybe the most likely situation is we can, it comes to a slow burn sort of effect where we it's still COVID's kind of still around. Uh, but it's not really killing a lot of people. We're not getting tons and tons of cases. We maybe have some treatments to deal with it and maybe you have to get your vaccine refreshed uh, every year or two. Uh, you know, the SARS, you know, SAR, uh, COVID is SARS-CoV-2, um, uh, which is, you know, the, the, the longer, uh, it's, it's from that same family, SARS, MERS. Both of the, both of the uh, immunization um, uh, for 
uh, for those two lasts a really long time, like six, seven years. So hopefully that's the way it, it, it lasts. It goes for COVID too. But they are preparing boosters basically that you'd have to get like the flu shot every year. And it'd be nice if it was a spray or a pill. It'd be kind of nice. They, they're talking about now that they might just mail it to you and you take it if you're, I mean, you're, obviously you can just throw it in the garbage if you want to do it, but you can order it and just have it come right to you and just take the spray at home, which would make it a lot easier because trying to navigate the freaking vaccine websites are a pain. And I will say this is breaking news uh, late in the afternoon today. Bill and Melinda Gates splitting up after 27 years. Sad story. Sad story. Um, he's the what third or fourth richest man in the world now still. This is the thing. I mean, he kind of gave he did this giving pledge thing. He's like, I'm going to give away all my money or 50 percent of my money by the time I die or whatever the whatever the thing is. I mean, if I'm her, I'm just like, ah, see you later. I mean, before you give it all away, can we just. No, that's, I'm sure that's not what she's saying, but that's what I would be saying. I was just saying, like, look, you're first of all, I, I, you know, I would divorce him just over Microsoft Outlook. You know, that's that's what I would do, because, you know, I just sent an email to this person. Why is it in my spam, Bill? I'm filing for divorce. Back in a second. Insurance is one of those things you don't really want to think about. I mean, I don't really want to think about it. What I want to think about is spending less money on it. That's what I want to think about. So if you have car insurance, home insurance, don't you want to have the best rate possible? Gabby is a company, G-A-B-I. It stands for Get a Better Insurance. Getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage. Uh, Who even knew that this was even possible? But hey, it's 2021. They are on sort of the cutting edge of the comparison uh, platform site. And what they can do is give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers. And I think my biggest problem with something like this is like I would see, oh, that price is lower and I go with them. And then you realize you have like half the coverage. and It's really crappy. That's not how Gabby does it. Does it. You, you actually they will match your coverage exactly. So you get the exact same coverage and just save money. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Also, if, if uh, you go on there and they say, hey, actually, you have the best rate. You got peace of mind knowing you can always check back in later on. Uh, no, uh, no obligation. Free to check. Go to Gabby.com slash stew. G-A-B-I dot com slash stew. Make sure to use the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Gabby.com slash stew. Thanks for hanging out for the entire show. You're in the Cool Kids Club now. Uh, You can actually say that to your parents, uh, to your loved ones. They'll now know you're one of the cool kids. Uh, Make sure to go to my Instagram page and check it out. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is also the place to go to subscribe. Uh, I would really appreciate if you did such a thing. Why? Because, I don't know. It's a great place to be. It's a great community. Uh, We talk a lot about these sort of like big efforts. We need to do something. That's what the Blaze is. It's doing something, right? Made a lot of progress here. Put the best conservative uh, hosts together. Glenn started this very, very uh, long, long ago with that idea in mind. CRTV uh, did the same thing. And we kind of all came together here. Now we have like all the great people here. uh, And I think you'll really like it. And then I also have my show. So uh, that's here as well. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Uh, You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription. Plus, that's how they know you like this stupid show. So please do it. Uh, So one of the most disgusting things in all of humanity is about to happen. And uh, no, not talking about a new Lena Dunham series. I'm talking about cicadas. Cicadas, they're these bugs. And they're like, I would say giant flying cockroaches. Is that the right way? I mean, is that the way to describe them? And they're really loud. And uh, they, I don't know, I don't even know, I don't even want to try to describe it. They burrow into the ground, 
And then they live there, I don't know, and then they pop out after like 17 years. Every 17 years, they pop out and come around. And they're saying now that climate change might make it faster than 17 years, um, which uh, is the only good argument I've ever heard uh, for trying to stop climate change. So look out. There's going to be creepy little, really loud bugs flying around your head. Coming to your town really soon.